Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by Ryan Crodel. Ryan, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hey, Dave, it's great to be here. Um, Ryan Crodel, I head up marketing at Valencell, which is a biometric sensor technology company that uh, integrates biometric sensors into wearables and hearables and a variety of other different devices uh, out in the market today. Awesome. So, you know, for those listening, I, I really, when I started this podcast, Ryan was one of the first people that I wanted to bring on. Um, you know, I, I'm very heavy on uh, voice and, and just like the whole voice technology space. But when I think about wearable technology and particularly hearable technology, um, and I think about like the future use cases of it, one of the big ones in my eyes is uh biometric data, and I think this idea of capturing biometric data, but ultimately what that leads to. And that's going to be the conversation that we're going to have today is this idea of, you know, the idea that we started with Fitbits and inertial sensors and capturing uh, things like, you know, step count. And as so much technology seems to be, you know, you have these stages where it seems a bit gimmicky and then it evolves and, you know, it gets more and more sophisticated. And this type of stuff that Ryan's company is facilitating, the type of sensors that these, uh, you know, are, are, you know, these types of sensors and the things that these things can do. Um, they're really opening the door to some very, very cool avenues. So let's start there, Ryan. Why don't you share a little bit about Valencell and just the way in which um, your PPG sensors work and, and the diff- some of the different things that those PPG sensors can do? Sure. Yeah, happy to. Um, so Valencell focuses explicitly on what are known as PPG sensors. Um, it's Uh, an optical-based technology that measures heart rate and heart rate variability and cardiac efficiency and a variety of other different biometric indicators. Um, That sensor technology um, at Valencell is specifically designed to be integrated into wearables, hearables, and other devices that are worn on the body. Um, Just uh, the the easy way to think about the technology is the green blinking lights on the back of a smartwatch or a fitness band. That is a PPG sensor technology and very likely it's it's Valencell technology uh, incorporated in that. Um, Our technology has been embedded into north of 40 different uh, devices that have come to market from a variety of different very large Uh, consumer electronics companies and on down to small startups as well and um, and it's interesting to to see how this market has developed because most people think of wearable devices today as smartwatches fitness bands uh, audio earbuds you name it and that there's certainly a tremendous amount of growth in that uh, in that sector now but as it relates to the sensor technology that goes into these devices, that technology is getting deployed into a wide variety of different form factors and use cases and applications. So things like 
hearing aids, uh, health and medical devices, industrial safety devices, um, military and first responder radio earbuds, AR and VR headsets, uh, smartphones. There's, there's a pretty broad range of different uh, devices now where this sensor technology is getting embedded. And, um, and of course, that, that leads to uh, a much broader, much deeper set of biometric data from a wide variety of people doing a wide variety of activities. And so that's, um, that's really kind of set the stage for uh, where we go next in this, um, in this growth market around uh, wearable and hearable devices. So one of the things that you just mentioned there, you said hearing aids and, and just the fact that these things are being embedded in more and more devices. And I think that, you know, in some of the conversations we've had, one of the things that's happened, you know, recently is that the, you know, call it Moore's Law or just the fact that the sensors themselves have become small enough that you can embed them on, you know, probably one of the smallest wearable devices out there an open fit receiver in the canal hearing aid. And I think that's just a really telling sign that, again, uh, when we think about like these emerging technologies, a lot of that is, you know, it's like the vision was there, but it, you got to almost wait for it to become feasible enough to embed it. And so I think it's a really cool thing that you now have these sensors that are small enough to fit onto something like a, a hearing aid so that, you know, again, an all day device that you're wearing in your ear a really good place in the body to be capturing this type of data um, for long periods of time. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. It's um, we, we've spent a great deal of time um, miniaturizing this technology to uh, not only make it more comfortable to fit on something like a smartwatch or, or wrist-based device, but also in the ear. Obviously, there's there's a very limited amount of of real estate to work with. Uh, and also battery life to work mm. with. And so um, not only is it about miniaturizing the, the sensor technology from a, from a physical footprint standpoint, but also making them extremely power efficient in uh, being embedded into something like a hearing aid that, as you pointed out, is, is worn all day, every day, mm -hmm. and is um, as you start adding new capabilities to those devices, obviously that does require more power, but um, as long as those new capabilities like biometric sensing technology can be power efficient, you can still get the same level of battery life uh, with, those, with those existing devices and obviously adding some tremendous capability, additional capability beyond just the hearing augmentation. Yeah. And so I know that, you know, we've talked before about how exactly the PPG sensor works, but I think it's important without going too much into the weeds, can you give us a, a broad idea of how that technology works? Because I think it's important to point out and, and the reason being is that once you kind of understand it, you can realize why it's possible that you can start to actually capture new metrics like you guys are already starting to do this year. Talk a little bit about how this works and why it's enabling the ability to now capture things like blood pressure um, with a PPG sensor. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I mentioned earlier the, um, the green blinking lights on the back mm -hmm. of a smartwatch. That's uh, the most obvious implementation of this technology. And what those lights are doing is, um, is shining light into the body and then measuring how much of that light is reflected back based on blood flow. That's how these PPG sensors work. And in fact, 
the methodology of uh, PPG has been around for decades, if not longer, and is still used in hospitals and healthcare facilities. The finger clips or the earlobe clips that take your vital signs in, when you go to the hospital or go to a doctor's office, that is using PPG, the, the methodology of PPG, shining light into the body, measuring how much of that light's reflected back based on blood flow. The challenge when you put that technology into a wearable device is that it's extremely sensitive to motion. So you, if you think about the physics of what's going on, shining light into the body uh, clearly scatters that light as it hits the human tissue. And uh, when you put that technology into a wearable device, by nature of the device itself, people are moving around while they're wearing those devices. And that scatters that light even further to the point where, just to give you a, a frame of reference, the amount of light that's coming back into that sensor that's actually based on blood flow at any given time is less than 1%. So you're, you're literally trying to find a needle in a haystack um, and then pull as much of that uh, information out of that signal as possible. Um, uh, and something else you touched on earlier, Dave, is, is what, um, one of the one of the main reasons why PPG sensors have become the dominant sensor technology or sensor modality in in wearables today. One is because of some of the things we talked about earlier in terms of the size and the comfort and the the power efficiency, but also because there's there's a tremendous amount of information you can get out of a PPG signal. Um, most of most of the wearables today and hearables today use. The PPG sensors primarily for heart rate and uh, and other activity tracking, but there's there's a tremendous amount of additional information, more uh, more advanced metrics and more insightful metrics that you can get out of the the PPG waveform as long as that sensor technology is accurate enough and um, and you apply uh, the right algorithms and uh, machine learning to that um, uh, to that sensor signal to be able to pull out things like um, heart rate variability, which is mm. the, the time between beats of the heart, that has um, well-proven in indications for, um, uh, for both uh, fitness level as well as cardiovascular conditions. In fact, if you um, have seen a lot of the, the news recently about wearables being able to detect atrial fibrillation, mm -hmm. that's exactly how it is detecting atrial fibrillation is measuring the, the time between beats of the heart. And there's a, there's a very specific pattern that shows up when you analyze that, um, that uh, heart rate variability data that can indicate atrial fibrillation. But there's also um, additional metrics that you can get out of a PPG waveform. And, and uh, Dave, you alluded to this. The, the latest thing we are working on now and rolling out now is um, the ability to measure blood pressure with this same sensor technology. So um, if you think about the, the, the massive problem that is hypertension and high blood pressure, um, so just to give you a few stats, there's, according to the World Health Organization, there's over a billion people around the world that have high blood pressure. And uh, just here in the US, um, about a third of those people don't even know they have it. So. Mm -hmm. The ability to um, identify some of those pre-hypertensive people before they, they move into full hypertension, uh, using a device that people wear on a daily basis anyway, 
has the huge potential to, to really put a dent in, in this uh, problem around hypertension and, and at a minimum help people understand when they're going down that path and, and uh, give them an opportunity to, um, to take some preventative measures and track that on an ongoing basis to see how they're, how they're progressing. So like for me, the way I think about this is, you know, we see a lot about the rise of AirPods and you see, you know, just the mass proliferation of the Apple watch. And, um, this idea that people are wearing these types of devices for longer periods of time throughout the day. And for me, one of the most profound elements of, you know, these type of wearable devices being outfit with the sensors that Ryan's company is, you know, basically on the forefront of pioneering, um, I think that what we're moving toward is this future where we're creating individualized longitudinal data sets. And that is really profound because if you think about a lot of the different metrics that these sensors capture, heart rate, now blood pressure, these are things that you're maybe logging once or twice a year when you go and you see that physician. And so when you are logging those metrics on the minute, on the hour, for as long as you're wearing these devices, you create a data set that can then serve as a benchmark so that you add a layer of machine learning on top of this and you can start to see how this serves as a preventative health tool. I see preventative health as being one of the major use cases for wearables in general, be it earworn wearables or wrist-worn wearables, wherever you're wearing them. I think it is a massive shift in the way in which we view our health. And I think that if you're more intelligent about the benchmark that you have, and you can then compare that data that you're recording all the time against it, you can start to detect threats in your health, whether it be something as minor as, you know, you know, based on all of the data, if it's an earworn device, you know, maybe it's the tympanic membrane that's radiating your body temperature. um, And it's, it's flagging you that you have a fever, um, or it's something as dramatic as detecting atrial fibrillation. Um, That's what these devices are really graduating up toward. And I think it's just a really fascinating new way to think about these because they then start to move way more away from this idea where they're kind of gimmicky, a glorified pedometer is what they started out as, you know, in terms of the commercial consumer wearables, like a Fitbit, uh, into truly life-saving devices. Yeah, I certainly agree there. And it, it's interesting. We've, we've been at this, making this sensor technology for more than 10 years. Um, so going back to, to 2006 was when the f- company was first founded. So that was before the word wearables existed, let alone <laughs> the whole market. And, and it's, it's been fascinating to see uh, the, the growth and the progression of the market. Certainly it started out, what, what I refer to as that first phase of growth, uh, in the wearables market was all about basic activity tracking. How many steps did you take? How many calories did you burn? That kind of stuff, which is uh, mildly insightful, but but um, the utility of that runs out very quickly. And that's, I think, why you're seeing now this second phase of growth, uh, part of which is being driven by the, the sensor technology and obviously the advancements there. But, but also uh, people and people are recognizing that the value in wearable devices, certainly from a longitudinal standpoint, is getting deeper insights into how your body's responding to whatever you're doing, whether that's running a marathon or sitting mm-hmm. on a couch or managing a disease, whatever it might be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you need those deeper insights into how your body's responding to those activities. And the way you do that is with uh, advanced biometric sensors. And um, I think you correctly pointed out that, that this is this part of a broader trend around this shift in the healthcare delivery going from a uh, point in time reactive reactionary approach which is where we have been for, for decades and certainly in, in many cases still are, moving towards a proactive, continuous monitoring approach where you see an individual and you set an individual baseline uh, for you as a person, and then you get uh, access to healthcare and uh, healthcare delivery based on deviations from that baseline that are personalized to you and not just because it happened to be a, a time for your annual doctor's appointment. Uh, um, you, you're starting to see that shift. And there's obviously a lot of other yeah. uh, elements of the healthcare system that are, are moving in that direction as well. And it's, it's a long, slow journey, uh, but it, um, it, it's pretty clear at this point that that's where we're going. Yeah. And just as a side note, you know, for me being from the hearing aid industry, you know, I can't help but sort of um, just salivate almost at the idea of, you know, hearing aids being repurposed uh, as, um, you know, the secondary use case being these biometric monitors. And you think about the older cohort that tends to wear hearing aids and just the fact that, you know, obviously as you age, you're more prone to disease and so forth. And so this idea of having this secondary use case is so compelling to me and it's only going to become more and more compelling. So as we wrap up here, um, you know, can you share with us, you obviously are working on making blood pressure a new facet of this, you know, without going and revealing any of the top secrets or anything at Bayland Cell. Can you share, you know, sort of what's on the horizon for you all? Yeah, so um, so obviously uh, blood pressure and other advanced metrics along those lines are, are a key area of focus for us. And I'll, I'll just say um, it's it's been also interesting to see as we've advanced the sensor technology in parallel, the, the advancements that have been made on the data science aspect of the technology, particularly as it relates to machine learning, have been a, a huge element to um, enabling these new uh, capabilities that go along with the sensor technology now. So as an example, we would have never gotten to the ability to measure blood pressure, certainly as quickly as we have, uh, without uh, applying machine learning techniques to the biometric sensor data. So we're we're really excited about the possibilities that mm-hmm. lay in the future around the continued application of machine learning techniques to biometric sensor data, especially as you get these hundreds of millions of these devices proliferated around the world on different people doing different things in different contexts. Um, frankly, we don't know all of the things that we're going to discover um, at this point when you when you start applying those machine learning techniques. But there's there's certainly a long runway of capabilities there. The other thing, especially given your interest in voice and your your audience's interest in voice, the other thing that that I'm personally really excited about is the combination of the biometric sensor technology and the voice assistant technology yes. in um, in thing in hearables and and certainly in, in hearing aids as well. So if you think about 
in the in the context of a personal health device, if you've got the the biometric sensors continuing to continually measuring um, the different biometric indicators for an individual, and if there is a identified a deviation in that baseline that I talked about earlier, a voice assistant comes up and asks some very relevant questions about what's going on at the time, how the person's feeling, are they in pain, where are they in pain, what are they doing at the time, and all of that contextual data that can be that can serve as, as inputs via a voice assistant and a voice integration into these devices combined with the biometric sensor data uh, presents a, a huge opportunity for um, new and different applications and really helping people ultimately live longer, healthier lives. And that's, that's really what we're, we're focused on here. Uh, it's so funny you say that, and I should have mentioned that. You know, thank you for pointing that out because that's uh, really I see there being a total marriage between voice technology and biometric sensors. And to your point, you know, I, I remember I wrote a piece uh, earlier this year, sometime in 2018, where it was all about what I called the nurse Siri. And it was this idea of, you know, the Apple watch or AirPods or um, made for iPhone hearing aids, whatever it might be with the type of sensors that you all produce. And, you know, eventually it gets to the point to where you go to the doctor's office and, you know, I had a drawing where I have like Siri sitting next to the patient and she's like, you know, she's basically describing to the doctor, well, on Wednesday he had a fever of 102 and, you know, so she's kind of like giving all of the rundown of what his health data was like. But I think that to your point, there is a ton that can be gleaned from um, the data, but then also you can add in some contextual insights, just like you said, where it proactively prompts you to say like, what's going on? Like, where are you right now? Are you working out? Are, you know, so it's asking more insightful questions to just make even more sense of that data. So I think there's, you know, probably a, a second episode in the future for us to just talk about that. And uh, this certainly won't be the last time that I have you on because, you know, obviously you're a fascinating guest and I appreciate you coming on. So for everybody uh, who listened in this week, thanks for joining and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.